0: Pop culture pastor.
1: I mean, I literally had not thought about poltergeist in a long time and for you to say that well first of all it took my it really took my um my pop culture wheels in my head to turn there Mm -hmm. before i made that connection you said right before we started recording cody said glee is the new poltergeist it is and he was (laughs) implying that glee was is cursed so back in the day the poltergeist and poltergeist 2 the poltergeist series of movies a lot of the people like had some weird things happen to them including some of died in, um, in kind of weird ways a little girl the old lady with the weird voice Ann was the little girl i demand we call her by her (laughs) her given name um but yeah like poltergeist that production just the people in it i remember that it was all of them like even the the native american guy in the second one had a weird Mm -hmm. something kind of happened to him and uh about the only one of them that the the ones that were left unscathed were the the parents right yeah um Yeah. And uh Jo Beth Williams, who was kind of a big actress back in the 80s. Well, she was like the the your standard mom.
0: Her career
1: ceased. Yeah, I think she just got old. Cuz that was kind of her career was young mom. That was the part yeah. she got. Uh but you compared it to Glee, which yeah, I think that's comparable. It seems like Glee's cursed with weird like weird Happenings. deaths. Um and then happenings yeah we were reacting cuz we saw that the the teacher on glee recently got kicked off of his new judging gig on so you think you can dance although i don't think he's cursed i think he's just kind of slimy yeah judging by what i read
0: um yeah but i'm but i mean just think at back when I was in college,
1: everyone, their mom was loving Glee. You would have thought everyone on that show would be off on the, by this time would be huge, would be off to bigger, yeah. better things. And really no one from that show.
0: Jane Lynch is like the only one that has sustained. Expanded
1: her territory. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It,
1: and. You just would have thought everyone on that show would have been huge when it was first out because people, yeah, it was dynamite. Everybody loved it. I did not.
0: You did Uh, not love it. So I was countercultural with this. I'm like, literally, if I wanted to hear these songs, I wanted to hear them by the original people. Quit ruining good songs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Glee, Glee was trash.
0: And then the storyline was just weird.
1: <laughs> Jane Lynch uh, was the best part of that show.
0: Oh, she was funny. By far. Like they could have just had a Jane Lynch show and I would have been okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'd have been okay with that. She's hilarious. She yep. was great in um, Ricky Bobby, too, as Ricky Bobby's mom. Yep. Uh, she's wonderful. Anyways, we just were having, you, you started a discussion there with just a random thought poltergeist, glee, the curse continues. <laughs> this is <laughs> pop culture pastor. This is a uh, podcast where we just like to talk about pop culture. We and we are two licensed ministers.
0: And I'm not saying there's a legitimate curse.
1: Are you do you have an official title with that goes along with yours? I'm because technically speaking, I'm a reverend.
0: Um, I mean, I can call myself reverend, but I don't prefer that. Like,
1: well, I'm not, I don't prefer it.
0: Pastor Cody's nice, but you can just call me Cody. I'll respond.
1: But I'm not going to lie; I got really excited the first time I got a piece of mail that was addressed to the Reverend David Rimble. Yeah, that was kind of fun.
0: Um, and now you have a title that goes in front, of him, Doctor. I do. It's always Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. because oh, Reverend's yeah, yeah. the higher
1: title. Reverend takes precedence. Yeah, that's right. So ah, good, good for that. Good for me, I guess. That's if the, you're that. about titles, I, I felt weird saying that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's where the pastor part comes from in the title you're listening to pop culture pastor welcome uh dave and cody that's our names that is and we are not joined by anyone this week no guests (sighs) thanks a lot people (laughs) let's just get to the news uh national treasure news dun 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 You, you were a fan of the 2004 adventure film starring nick cage were you not
0: um so my parents are huge fans You're not a fan? So I enjoyed them the first two times I watched both movies. But then they watched it like 60 other times. And I'm like, there's other movies on people. And so I'm not seeing a problem. And and it's weird because if you ask my parents, do you like Nick Cage? The answer is no. But then you have National Treasure and, oh, one of the best movies ever. So
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it's enjoyable.
0: Yeah. I think they enjoy that. It's like a good, like, I
1: guess it's a popcorn flick family action. film. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, it was announced that National Treasure 3 was back on track, but not much had been said about it since. And in fact, they had announced a Disney Plus series with an all new younger cast, but with Justin Bartha returning, who is the sidekick in uh, the National Treasure movies. Uh, A fan recently asked Jerry Bruckheimer on a Reddit message board if he was planning on working with Nick Cage again anytime soon. And the veteran producer provided a response that got people excited. He said, absolutely. I love Nicholas. He's a brilliant actor and we're currently working on a script for national treasure so he just up and said it mm, bring back the cage yeah all the cage nick i still haven't seen i want to see the the unbearable weight of massive talent yes i really want to see that movie i haven't got a chance i still to see need it to see pig pig yeah that also look good but i'm i'm nick cage is a, he's enjoying a cage assance. <laughs> That doesn't work. A Nicosance! a nickel, no, uh, whatever. A career renaissance. Yes. Although I don't know that he ever left. No, not really. Uh, but yeah. So the uh, the Disney franchise's director John Turtletob, felt the studio was wrong to shelve the threequel, considering the first movie grossed over three hundred fifty million and the sequel grossed four hundred fifty nine million. That's insane. That's pirates' numbers. Uh, Maybe even bigger. But now we've got a national treasure sauce. <laughs> because now there's a TV series in the works uh, in the works on Disney Plus. Uh, says that the series has a younger cast compared to the film franchise meaning it'll likely have a different kind of vibe, mm. right? And the series um it also has Catherine Zeta-Jones in the Disney Plus series. Which where has she been? That's my question. Now doesn't she have I feel like she has some sort of condition. Oh. Uh, Does she have what Michael J. Fox has? Parkinson's? I don't know. You may have to look that up. No, she may have what... um oh i feel like she's stricken with some disease anyways uh don't quote me on that because i'm I'm not sure but i thought i remember hearing that but now the not only the disney plus uh series but it looks like nick cage himself will be coming back in a continuation of the national treasure movie stories and i'm here for it i am too oh wonderful i wonder will you be here for it dear listener that's that's the question um yeah um like the only thing i'm seeing is
0: um some mental health
1: mental health stuff okay uh i thought i thought she was having issues with something but maybe it was mental health that's not a little thing yeah mental health matters she's still she's good enough to come back and do some work on a series so that's good
0: i'm all about katherine zeta
1: jones yeah she seems nice i guess yeah
0: I, I don't know i don't know that much about her
1: she's married to michael douglas right
0: i think they divorced but i think they got back together
1: yeah, it's so confusing trying to follow celebrity celebrity love lives um i thought we were done with the johnny depp amber heard trial i i, I declared last week that we were done talking about it we didn't have to talk about it anymore but it's like godfather three every time i think i'm out it pulls me back in <laughs> it does uh, because we have to talk about um, a young lady named Jasmine Wolf who tattooed herself. She was, she was um, inspired by the trial. And you may be thinking, well, what did she get a tattoo of? She got a tattoo of Johnny Depp's lawyer, Camille Vasquez, on her leg with the word objection. <laughs> below it. Uh, this is a real thing. This is a TikTok user who tattooed herself with an image of Johnny Depp's lawyer, and she calls the online backlash she's received insane. You, all these people are insane. Why are you reacting in such a strange way to me getting a tattoo of some lawyer I'd never heard of, but just because she's a lawyer for a celebrity and getting their likeness tattooed on my leg with the word objection. That's not insane. That's quite sane, Cody.
0: Um, it's def- definitely in the moment.
1: She's a singer-songwriter from Canada, so I think that maybe lets you in on a little bit of the motivation. Um, This video's had a million views.
0: It's impressive that the tattoo looks as good as it does with her doing it by herself. Mm. I don't know if I could do that. Wait, she did that by herself? Yeah, didn't she say it was a self-tattoo? I don't know. I didn't say that. Did I say that? Oh, she
1: tattooed herself. Yeah. (laughs) I did say that.
0: You did. What? (laughs) So objection, Your Honor. <laughs> um hey, I'm always impressed
1: by people that can do that. Um Well then why is she saying she's a singer songwriter? She's clearly a tattoo artist.
0: As well.
1: Yeah, pff, of course. Um so, Actually, Dave, I'm an influencer. Like Alonis Morissette wouldn't do this. I don't understand young people. No, she wouldn't course she wouldn't oh alanis did dabble though i i first meet alanis morissette that's right i said meet uh, as a star on the nickelodeon series you can't do that on television back in the day when i was a kid that's where the green slime got its start a lot oh. of people don't, know, don't remember that
0: i did not know that
1: us oldies us old heads we know that
0: i'm not that old
1: <sighs> yeah yeah they, it was a whole like it was a talk show skit show basically on on the mornings weekday mornings on nickelodeon starring Kit. Like, it was a skit show, basically. So. And the adults would usually be the ones getting green Hmm. This is before all that. Before all that? What's all that? Uh,
0: Like an SNL-type show, but on Nickelodeon. Oh. Starring kids. Again, because that's how Keenan and Kel get their start. Oh, okay. And then they get their own show out of it. Good Burger. They get the Good Burger, and they get the Keenan and Kel show. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get a lot of stuff from all that.
1: Well I knew they came uh from that from Nick somehow but that was I, I was older by then I wasn't watching Nickelodeon at that time. Um, I've only recently come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch me some Nick at Night though. Mm. Uh so yeah she this this young woman, Jasmine Wolf, self-tattooed uh, Johnny Depp's lawyer on her leg. She said it took her one hour to complete. Um, okay, it's attracted both negative and positive responses. Wolf told Insider that critics make assumptions about her and her beliefs based solely on the tattoo. Yeah, yeah, you don't say. That seems seems legitimate. <laughs> I mean, when, you, when you're when you putting yourself out there on the internet, on social media and TikTok, I, I feel like she's saying that as a complaint, but what do you expect people to do? Isn't that what social media is? Uh,
0: so like when I post things on social media, I'm usually um, trying to get either my thought out there in the, the masses or I'm trying to get attention for something. Like I just shared our uh, podcast information not too long ago. I was trying to get attention. And trying to get feedback and those sorts of things. And so, yeah, anytime you post anything on social media, if you didn't want the attention or
1: people to weigh in on it, then you probably shouldn't post it. She said that she encountered a strange, intrinsically sexist belief that men can't be abuse victims. Speaking of Johnny Depp, she said, I found it amazing to see somebody advocating for that. I mean, it's literally her job (laughs) and trying to bring justice to an unjust situation. So she's clearly team Johnny Mm-hmm. Uh, the way Camille, that's his lawyer, conducted herself was very powerful. And I wanted to memorialize how I felt in that moment watching her. Okay. The tattoo means more than a nod to the news story of the moment. I just wanted it to be a symbol of strength. Well, Camille did a good job. So yeah, okay. if that's your symbol
0: of strength, I guess.
1: No, it made me wonder, like, can we go back through other high profile trials? Is there someone out there with a Johnny Cochran tattoo? Oh, I hope. Oh, if the glove does not fit you. <laughs> You must acquit Johnny uh, Cochran. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a pretty stellar tattoo. That would be. P- people probably wouldn't feel as good about that though, because we don't like OJ. We don't. We like Johnny Depp. It's weird how this trial has kind of sussed that out, really, because uh, what she's talking about is a real thing. Because this doesn't work if it's say Chris Pratt, right? Um, this goes a certain way if it's like a guy like Chris Pratt, who's more of your um, alpha male action star kind of type guy who some people are already unsure of because he seems a little too conservative for them and this but johnny depp is like he's very meek very quiet
0: um like totes my (laughs) goats no (laughs) he's more fluid with different portrayals and stuff. Um, but I did see a meme that I thought captured this moment quite well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it goes back to OJ that, uh, Johnny Depp is white people's OJ.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Cause there definitely was a race component to the OJ trial and verdict. And you don't, you see a lot of white people like coming out of the woods in support of Team Johnny.
1: It is weird in a way. It is kind of strange to sit in and watch all this happen. Um, it's just kind of weird because th- that people are Team Johnny or Team Amber. Because I look at both of the, I look at this thing and I'm like, I, yeah. don't, I don't like probably what's most likely true is neither one of these people were completely clean in this situation. Because here's the problem. If you've never been in a bad domestic situation, like a bad relationship, a relationship going bad usually there's not it's usually multifaceted, mm-hmm. and and both even even if you feel like you're the victim you're gonna act in a way that's not really conducive to repairing anything you know what i'm saying yeah like i, I don't i want to be careful that i don't erase anyone's victimhood yes but at the same time this situation seemed from the start like oh these are both people who are probably Making some mistakes in the yeah. relationship, but that, I mean that's just the way that the little I've followed the trial made me feel about them.
0: Yeah, and I mean only people that really know what happened are those two individuals, and um, yeah, don't doubt people that have claims of abuse. Let the law investigate it and support people that are going through hard times.
1: Speaking of the law. Let's talk about Ezra Miller for a second.
0: Nice segue.
1: Ezra Miller, who has been in trouble multiple times the last few months, including a couple of arrests, an alleged incident where the actor broke into a couple's hotel room and threatened them. Apparently, it's gotten bad enough that Warner Brothers finds this... Warner Brothers executives finally held an executive emergency meeting about whether or not to pause development on future projects with Miller attached. We're talking about the Flash movie, Um, Uh, which is coming out next year. So the
0: Flash and if they make another Fantastic Beast movie.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, according to a new report from Variety, it sounds like Warner Brothers is just letting it ride because we kind of remarked on this in a news segment here uh, a while back. But what are they doing? And what they're doing is they think they're... probably already far too committed to the flash movie to even consider burying it or changing it or moving it off to a lower profile hbo max debut giving the studio no choice but to stick to its theatrical release plan and hope for the best that seems like a big gamble like it feels like i mean how long before that movie comes out is it next summer yeah it's supposed to be in 2023 so you're gonna go a whole year hoping ezra miller doesn't kill somebody or
0: doesn't do something that hurt himself yeah that is traumatic in nature in
1: i mean this guy clearly has a mental problem that needs to be addressed he could hurt himself
0: yeah i'm i I mean watching it as just an outsider it's erratic behavior that is alarming um now, because I mean, there's videos that have circulated of things from a couple of years ago to the recent events, and it's a troubling line of progression that we're seeing and there's been actors that have been fired for far less burden of proof and Mm -hmm.
1: well, i think we're we're getting the reason why now
0: and that just because you have now invested from the sounds of it hundreds of millions of dollars in this project which is insane mm-hmm. like it's too late to like photoshop in uh, grant gustin's face
1: variety sources say that barring unforeseen developments the flash simply costs too much money to be scrapped and it will likely not generate the revenues needed to turn a profit without playing in theaters there's tacit uh, by the way implication there that the people who said that streaming was the future Not so Mm. theaters win theaters win, but also there's this, this balance of is what's more important here. And at the end of the day, If I'm an actor, they clearly um, are going to make that choice based on money. It's Mm. a sad kind of statement in a way, although not unexpected. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if
0: they have offered any, like, treatment support, those sorts of things his way. Because if they're doing that in the background, I feel a little bit better that they're actually caring about him as an individual uh, instead of just necessarily the bottom dollar.
1: And if they aren't, because let, let me tell you, if they aren't, And in six months, Ezra Miller hurts himself, or even worse, maybe hurt himself permanently. Mm -hmm. Where would that leave your movie? What would people's feeling be going into that movie then? I I just, they've got to be doing something for him. Uh, We could hope and pray that they're doing something for him in the background and just not publicizing it although when your main concern is money it seems weird that you would do that for him and not publicize it just being honest yeah so i don't know i don't know my i I don't look at ezra miller and go oh what an awful person no i I feel concerned for Ezra Miller. Uh, what I think is awful maybe happening right now is that you've got a giant movie company that makes all the monies who's unwilling to take a hit on themselves uh for the well-being of a human another human being. That's trouble. Very much so. But that's very capitalistic and American. And don't read into that more than don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not being like socialism, you know, like I'm not saying capitalism bad and we should move on to something else. I'm just saying the problem isn't capitalism, it's us, it's humans. We're or greedy or selfish and I'm just wondering if what's getting lost here is Ezra Miller. Yeah. That's all. Alright, that's the news. We're going to step out in the lobby. Welcome, Welcome
0: to, to
1: the lobby. lobby. Alright, we're out in the lobby, Cody. Time for us to, to dig into the question bag that we offer all our listeners. We, we Drop these posts on our social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, uh, to ask us anything, and then we will answer that on the pod. And in this section of the pod, we call the lobby. So we come out to the lobby, get ourselves snack, and while we're waiting for our snack, we answer listener questions. Because that's how we roll. That is how we roll. That's why you always have the good, the quippy one-liners. That's what I'm here for. It. <laughs> uh, name it and claim. Name it and claim it. First question comes from Josh Kane. Josh Kane, I don't know where Josh lives. We're we're growing so fast. Yeah, you might want to include he that when you might, ask questions. He might live in Missouri. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm friends with Josh Kane on Facebook. Maybe I should just look him up here. Should I do that? I don't know. This is taking too much time. Maybe he wouldn't like that. (laughs) Welcome to our world. This is how we converse and think about I think out loud. Josh Kane asks, what's your favorite? He has two questions. What's your favorite Back to the Future movie? This is a hard question because this is the question. So it's a trilogy. And here's the tough question with any question any, any type of question like this um do you go with the classic the original there's a part of me that feels an allegiance to the original or the classic. Like if you're talking about Star Wars, it's episode four, right? Mm-hmm. But you can clearly look at it and say there are things in the movies after it that are superior. Like Elizabeth Shue. Oh, you, when they switched actresses from mm. Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I was like, oh, they're going to try and sneak Elizabeth Shue in here on us? Like well, we wouldn't notice? We totally noticed. Well, they changed out Crispin
0: Glover too.
1: That I didn't notice. Well, that I, they got I'd, sued for that one I, to a guy that apparently looks just like him
0: um he bore a resemblance but then had some prosthetics on yeah. as well like they were clearly trying to trick you and they did
1: they did uh although looking back now we should have noticed because he didn't have that manic energy that crispin glover brings <sighs> to everything <laughs> so you've got the classic first one the the original but then in my way of thinking back to the future 2 is a superior movie i think it's more entertaining i i enjoy it it's got more like set pieces that are fun uh in the movie and the whole concept of him going to the future instead of the past this time uh was just a was a fun concept and then you have three Which the third in a trilogy often gets kind of poo-pooed on Mm -hmm. sometimes. But I just thought three, while it's it's not as good, I think, as a cinematic work of art as two or one. It's just fun.
0: So three, I can clearly distinguish from the rest of the trilogy because they go back in the Wild West. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so like one and two at times blend for me. But I go with two being my favorite out of the movies.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say two. But I love them all, really. Yeah, and and one and three both have a different kind of special place in my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, all three
1: good movies. It's a really good question. In that, there's this weird relationship, especially with trilogy. Um, so, if like, if you're looking at the original trilogy in Star Wars, it's the same sort of thing. Star Wars Episode Four is the classic, the OG, and it has a place in my heart. Empire Strikes Back is clearly a superior cinematic achievement, and so it has a place in my heart. Three Return of the Jedi... Not as good as Empire, but I just love it. It's fun. Ewok. It's the one that hits me in my kid places. My heart, my kid heart. Mhm. And so I have a love for all three of them and asking me which one is my favorite was like, well, depends on the day, I guess.
0: Indiana Jones the same
1: way. Absolutely. And that's a trilogy because I will not recognize that it has a fourth movie. Yeah. I don't count it. We I, don't we don't speak of such things here.
0: Having not seen the fourth one, I believe it never existed. The so.
1: weird thing about Indiana Jones and its trilogy is I believe it sets up the exact same way, but a lot of people wouldn't agree with me on that because they've been fooled. But I would say Raiders of the Lost Ark is the OG. Therefore, mm-hmm. it has that classicness and that nostalgia. But Two's Tuj- Temple of Doom, superior movie. I believe it's a superior movie. Now, a lot of people don't like it because it doesn't fit with the other two very well because it's darker. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of why I like it. And then Indiana the Jones and the Last Crusade, I don't believe it's as good as Two, but most people like it better because it's fun. Sean Connery brings hilarity. He does. He does. And it also has the return of more Marcus Donovan. Yeah. You're meddling with powers you cannot possibly comprehend. I just dig that. (laughs) Take that (laughs) guy. He's fun. Hello. I'm looking for, you know, when he, Indiana makes that speech. Anyways, makes that speech about you'll never find him. He'll blend in with any luck. He's got the grail already. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that movie's just fun. And so it's weird how trilogies do that. But Josh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Back to the Future 2. Yeah. And I think it's the same with most trilogies for me. Empire, that have a good sequel. Empire Strikes Back is probably the best of the original Star Wars trilogy and i believe indiana jones temple of doom is my favorite of the three indiana jones yeah
0: and so non-superhero mc or non-mcu dc superhero movie scott pilgrim versus the world
1: uh, I didn't even ask the question yet. You did. Okay. Top, f- yeah. So what's your favorite non-Marvel DC comic book movie? Scott Pilgrim is very, very good. Do not get me wrong. It's a very good movie. We're going to have Fist. We're not going to have fists because Fist. Of I, cups. I really love V for Vendetta. I love V for Vendetta. I think it's a great movie. It is. It's just great.
0: And which comic book company...
1: I'm not sure, but it's a graphic novel so I think he's asking the heart of his question yes. is uh outside of the MCU. He says MCU, so I'm saying DCEU or the DC universe of movies. So V I don't know if V for Vendetta is a DC I originally, but like I, d- I feel like it takes place outside of the DC universe. Okay. So I'm going to go with, v for so Vendetta. If but if I'm not allowed to say that I'll go with Scott Pilgrim.
0: V's definitely up there. So like it would depend on the day for me. Like if I'm wanting something light and fun, I'm going Scott Pilgrim.
1: V for Vendetta is ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of those, I mean, you look at the headlines now and, and watch V for Vendetta. And just the, the, sometimes these writers come up with this vision of the future, and it's so right on. They're, they're, they're so right on with where they think we're going. And granted, it's an extreme future. It's not it's not like we're there. We're not at V for Vendetta places. Uh, but Watchmen's kind of the same way, where, mm-hmm. where the people that wrote these stories have their hand on the pulse, their finger on the pulse of human behavior and culture. And it's a possibility. It's a possible future, you know, through this fantastical story of a comic book. Yeah. And anyways, I just love for Vendetta.
0: Well, because of that movie, I remember the 5th of November.
1: That is true, which is a real historical thing. It is. Yeah. Kyle Kessinger from lawrence kansas says what are the top five best movies slash tv shows that timothy oliphant has done in his career he says we know what cody's gonna say <laughs> we are huge timothy oliphant fans
0: um all his shows are great are all you, of them are you gonna <laughs> let
1: me go first yes i will okay because i don't know this i'm just gonna kind of look through his filmography and tv per- performances here the first two that immediately dropped to uh dropping my mind." are justified and deadwood Uh, so i'm I'm gonna drop those two immediately because those will have to be in his top five but i'm just gonna look through his imdb because i first remember him in scream 2 much like you do cody that was back in 1997 um i remember him in the girl next door which was a comedy that was for adults <laughs> has some adult themes going on um let's see deadwood is a is a big one that's kind of one that happens next in his um in his filmography he's in live free or die hard yes is that die is. hard four yeah that the fourth movie mm-hmm. he's the bad guy in that and i thought he was okay in that although the movie doesn't get remembered as you know something really really good um he shows up in the office which is great <laughs> for a couple of episodes in the office he is in of course justified uh he's in the movie snowden i did not know that i didn't see that santa clarita diet which you have brought up deadwood although i haven't seen santa clarita diet should i have it's funny (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) he shows up in the mandalorian i forgot he shows up in a season of fargo and it's just so brilliant oh man he's really good fargo's a brilliant show anyways of course since he's in the mandalorian he also shows up in um book of boba fett and he's just been confirmed and is filming he's gonna reprise his roles Raylan givens in an as yet untitled elmore leonard adaption but it's a it'll be a justified sequel
0: yeah he's like. in detroit i know that much
1: yeah so um off the top of my head i'm gonna go with Deadwood in this order Deadwood justified oh man his his perfor his his character in the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett I'm going to com- combine them into one as 3 um Man, I don't know. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too. I'm going to I'm gonna say his character uh, in Fargo is going to be number four for me. He's just so amazing in that show. But Fargo, the way it's written, brings out the best in actors. And then I'm going to go with the first time I ever saw him, Scream. Scream 2. That's my top five.
0: Okay, that's legit. He's uh,
1: mostly a TV guy for me, though.
0: So we will slightly disagree on one and two. But that I'm. You're gonna go I'm, with justified. I'll go with justified. It's
1: they're both iconic. Yeah.
0: So like I will not throw fistcuffs if you say Deadwood because he was amazing in Deadwood. Mm. I think that part of my issue is the way Deadwood ended, yeah. and then they what? come back years later. And like by that time, I had forgotten so much about Deadwood besides He's- Timothy
1: Oliphant. Pre-Game of Thrones, HBO has this unfortunate pattern with a lot of their shows. Like, Sopranos is the only one that enjoys a lot of length. Mm -hmm. And Game of Thrones is the one that costs a lot of money but makes a lot of money. But pre-before that, they had this unfortunate pattern where shows would get big and bloated, even though they were good, and start costing too much. And often either shorten their lifespan in in the middle of stories. like Because it happens to one of my favorites called Rome. Mm. which was only two seasons but really could have been an ongoing thing. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead with your list. So, Justify Deadwood.
0: Um I'll go Santa Clarita Diet with uh, a Drew Barrymore. I got
1: to ch- I got to check that out apparently.
0: Um hilarious. Um I'll go Scream 2 at number 4. And then it's like a three-way battle between his character on the office. <laughs> um his character on uh the Mandalorian slash Boba Fett. And if you need scary
1: Timothy Oliphant movie, The Crazies. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
0: Zombies. That,
1: was, that one was I, that one was good. If I remember right, I didn't like the ending. <laughs> yeah uh well i guess we're past the statute of limitations doesn't that movie end with everyone getting nuclear bombed is am i remembering that right i think so yeah they, they like the whole movie they spent trying to escape this area where people have uh come under the influence of this sickness that's kind of similar to 28 days uh, later um but yeah and i'm pretty sure that movie ends with like a nuclear bomb <laughs> Very, it's very Michael Crichton esque. Yeah, the military is playing to, to eradicate the people of the town. Yeah, now I wasn't a fan of the ending, but uh, i the movie up to that, up to the ending, I thought was good, and Timmy the elephants get in it. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Lauren Allen. She says, "What is your favorite animated movie?" What oh, there's so many animated good animated movies. It's a good thing to talk about because of our main subject of this pod. But yes. Uh, so if, if, if you go on to
0: go first,
1: okay. um, I would probably say Transformers the movie. Transformers the movie that comes out in the eighties. Just you got to understand. Oh man, when we were kids. They didn't have all the entertainment they have for kids now. And it was all appointment based. Like you didn't get to stream it. You were really lucky if you got a, you, you somehow acquired a VHS tape of many Transformers episodes or GI Joe or He-Man or whatever it was that you like to watch. We like to watch all of them. Uh, but if you came up, boy, if you went to Blockbuster and you found like a run of GI Joe, that was a score. Like we're going to spend all weekend watching a whole season of GI Joe cartoons that was the score but when transformers the movie came out it was such a craze it was the first time i remember like many many parents dropping their kids off at a theater um and it was, and, and they kill off Optimus Prime within like the first 15 minutes. It was, it was so shocking. And there's, it's got a great 80s, really, really 80s soundtrack. <laughs> uh, I'm Stan Bush, who did music for some Jean Claude Van Damme movies. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It's just, it's just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, I would say Transformers, the, the movie, and it was really good. It was really had a cinematic, uh, the story was worthy of being in cinemas. It was epic. I mean, man, Optimus Prime, Prime dies in the first 20 minutes. So it has to be epic, right? Oh yeah. Very epic. And the song that they play when Optimus Prime is rolling into battle right at the beginning of the movie, you got the touch, you got the power. Yeah. I told you it was '80s. This Stan Bush man, so '80s. Mm. What's your favorite animated movie, Cody?
0: Oh, this is so tough because growing up, all the Disney classics that were in the vault get released on VHS, yeah. and so I own them. Growing up, like my parents have, like a whole entertainment center. Cabinets yeah. filled up with Disney classic movies.
1: Well, we loved all those too. We sang the songs Beauty and the Beast, oh, Lion yeah.
0: King, um, The Jungle Book. Um, I mean, I watched The Jungle Book on repeat growing up, um, but I think I'm going to go Lion King number one, mm. closely followed by Up.
1: Yes, yeah. That's
0: good. Toy Story 3, with honorable mention to Coco.
1: Yeah, it's hard. The Pixar movies all start coming out when I'm an adult. Mm. So I can look at them and recognize, hey, man, those are good, good movies. But also, they don't take the same place in my heart because I didn't grow up with them. I can totally understand if you grew up with Pixar movies that those would be your jam. Um, Holy cannoli, they're so good. Um, Up, I I can't watch the first 10 minutes of Up without crying like a little baby.
0: Yeah. um, Oh, and I forgot
1: the Goofy movie goofy movies good now you're just talking crazy oh it's a classic <laughs> so all right uh those were all good questions we've got more questions to to get to uh next time so we'll save those for next time let's get back into the studio and hit the main subject for today Chippendales rescue rangers we saw it we're gonna talk about it coming up next Okay, we're back. We're ready to, to discuss, to discuss, uh, to talk about Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Now, Cody, Chippendale! I did not see that coming. No one did. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? What just happened?
0: The original
1: theme song. <laughs> That's what's happening. Uh, so you clearly grew up with this. Y'all. Yeah. Yeah, so I did not know anything about this. This hits me a little late in the years uh, for me to have had any sort of childhood affinity for. Um, I, I There's lots of things referenced that I do remember because this movie is a love letter to the 90s, mm-hmm. which it took me completely off guard. I had no idea what this movie was. My kids wanted to watch it, and so I agreed to watch it with them, and what followed was a two-hour fever dream. <laughs> because seriously let's just jump to let's just cut to the chase right now my first question after watching this movie was who is the insane person who made this movie
0: um like as it was happening i'm thinking how did they get the copyrights for this
1: I mean, there are so many Easter eggs. There's so much dropped into this movie. And I just kept thinking, who is the insane person who made a Chip and Dale movie, a Rescue Rangers movie, with just all of these nine... About the time... I mean, you're like 15 minutes in by the time MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul grace the screen, and I'm just... I'm, I'm dead. If I fall out of my chair dead. I was just like, what is <laughs> right now what am i watching of course my kids have no idea what's going on
0: amazingness is happening (laughs) that's what was happening
1: it was incredible here's the uh here's the summary that they give you chip and dale live amongst cartoons and humans in modern day los angeles but their lives are quite different now When a former castmate mysteriously disappears, Chippendale must repair their broken friendship and save their friend. 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. So deserved. So deserved. This movie is so so much better than it has any right to be. Yeah. I had no inclination to want to see this movie. None. Um,
0: and there it is, just sitting there being amazing. So, when I saw that it was going to be dropped on Disney+, Plus, I'm like, I might have to check it out. Because uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, like, it was a second tier show for me. Like, if it was on and nothing else was on, I'd be okay watching it. It wasn't, like, my go-to because it wasn't DuckTales or Darkwing Duck or Tailspin Like, those were my top three Disney shows. But it was in that next group of,
1: oh, I'm good watching this. Do we know why it went to, why is is this not a theatrical release? Is it just because, the are we still, is this still stuff from the pandemic? Because now, like, it it bothers me that this will never get any Oscar nominations (laughs) as the best animated movie. Although, it should be able to get some Emmys, right? Give them all the awards, really uh because it's it's not i mean it's not just that it's funny and entertaining for my kids who liked it but it's an amazing homage to who framed roger rabbit first of all yeah it's this amazing homage slash fever dream of a love letter to the 90s and it's just if you haven't seen it and i don't know why you'd be listening this far into a podcast about chippendales rescue rangers if you hadn't but if you haven't seen it and you're over the age of 30 you're gonna want to see it (laughs) yeah
0: and i i think it's partially just due to the people that made it are now like
1: oh they're in between our age yeah and so so let's just talk about that real quick in case you didn't know the voices of your two main characters john mulaney and andy samberg um as chip and dale yes
0: and i saw an interview where both were like we didn't know which one we were until the day <laughs> of <laughs>
1: Uh and they're great of course JK Simmons as Captain Putty almost steals it. Yeah. And he's wonderful in the in the story Will Arnett um who's immediately recognizable when he shows up because
0: it's Will Arnett's voice. It's Will
1: Arnett. It, there's also a, fu- like, it's, it's a blink and you missed it moment. But in the joke Easter egg movie, the Batman versus E.T. E.T., do you realize that the voice of Batman is Will Arnett? Yeah. Which is hilarious because he's the voice of Batman in the Lego Batman stuff. <laughs> so, so. So uh, culturally relevant is this film, and and just right on the nose.
0: Which, again, how is Disney getting the rights to Batman and E.T.?
1: I don't know. (laughs) But all of a sudden, you're seeing memes online about the movie we really need to see release the Snyder Cut of Batman (laughs) versus (laughs) E.T., Oh, man. It's just this movie is just kind of dynamite from beginning to end. Um, Even
0: the voice of Monterey Jack is amazing that we get Eric Bana.
1: Eric Bana... Um, lots of SNL guys As you know you have Melania and Sandberg Rogan's the voice of Kung Fu Panda Will Arnett Chris Parnell is Makes an appearance Keegan-Michael Key All these comedy guys Are in this uh, As some Somewhere or another And it's It's almost like the It's a testament To the power of Nostalgia With mm-hmm. the The Easter eggs And a testament To the power of like Hey let's just do something And let's get all our Friends to join in Because it's clear That what happened here Is you have a writer of this movie uh, was a Saturday Night Live writer. You've got Andy Samberg. You've got John Mulaney. And they just said, hey, let's just get our friends involved. And I love it when Hollywood projects end up like that. Usually some of the most enjoyable things. Like, we can sit here and talk about Adam Sandler. And you can sit here and say, hey, Grown Ups is not a work of cinematic brilliance. But it has a quality that's just fun because you can tell the people making it are having fun.
0: And that they're really friends.
1: Because, they, yeah. Well, his intention was, I'm going to make a movie that all my friends can take part in. And we can just get, we get to hang out for a few months while we do while we work and so yeah it's it's just it has this wonderful quality about
0: it so something that i just now realized is they got the legitimate voice actor for a lot of 90s um cartoons in jim cummings yeah and jim might have my favorite character in the whole show because at the end we get Darkwing duck
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh cameos and the easter eggs because there's a ton of them we're gonna go we're gonna go easter egg by easter egg but first i want to talk about this because there is Uh, There is something out there that I feel like I need to address. Okay. This is, okay, it's by another, by a guy who has a bigger podcast than us. And he made a claim about the movie. And I don't know, I don't know if there's, this claim is out there. Maybe there's a viral quality to it. But his claim was that this movie glorifies human trafficking, to which I about fell out of my chair with as well. Because I'm just, I'm, I'm like, not everything has to be about something, bro. And, and, but the guy did a video on his channel. And and he just goes through it and, and he it's about a five minute long video where he's just saying, This movie's terrible, it's grooming children to I don't know, like human trafficking, I guess, is his claim. Well, you weren't supposed to be happy that the characters <laughs> got kidnapped. I, I had a well, I started a giant online argument with him. And I wasn't like trying to, I was, I was being nice because I'm a pastor, but I said it's every movie that has some element of good and evil usually features some form of trafficking. Um, like Leia is trafficked in star Wars Han Han Solo is trafficked in,
0: in star Wars movies. Um, most of the time on Scooby-Doo, someone is trafficked.
1: Every, every girlfriend Spider-Man has ever had is trafficked. Every woman in any Western, I don't know, ever is trafficked. And so for this dude to be like, because this movie features that element, uh, we literally have a a movie series with Liam Neeson that's literally about human trafficking.
0: Um, And nobody
1: says it's glorifying it. Even Liam Neeson
0: himself gets trafficked in the series (laughs) by the third one,
1: and it's not. We don't. We understand it's not glorifying it. Yeah, he's it's he's fighting it. He's got a certain set of skills.
0: You identify real quickly that the people that are doing the trafficking are scum. Yeah, the worst of the worst. And so
1: I pointed this out to this guy. Really, I think. The clue, there's there's a lot of virtue, virtue signaling in our society today. So I think sometimes these guys with these podcasts, these YouTube channels, it pays for them. And there's literally these people in every genre of entertainment, right? There's even church ones. So if you go on YouTube, you can find YouTube channels dedicated to picking apart every famous pastor you've ever heard of Sunday sermon and telling you what's wrong with it. And really, there's a lot of virtue signaling in this and a lot of self- publication self uh, promotion mm-hmm. because if i'm the guy that says this person's wrong so the clue in this guy's 5 minute video that it wasn't all on the up and up that it, he kept th- at least subconsciously cuz i don't believe maybe he was doing it consciously i believe he really thinks there's a problem with this movie but he kept saying this phrase he kept saying i just think if you had if you had helped people get out of human trafficking if you if you'd helped them you'd know you'd see all the signs he kept saying that and i'm like okay yeah, we get it. You're virtue signaling. You've done that. You've done that work. You've clearly been involved with that. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That's. All, I'm not going to take away anything about that. We, we need people out there like that to help victims of human trafficking um, yeah. get out but when you, it listen that part in the bible where jesus appears to be talking about giving to charity and he says when you give don't let your right hand see what your left hand is doing here's a little little hint he's not just talking about when you're giving money he's talking about when you're giving of yourself mm. and if you give of yourself in any cause but you but you advertise it it loses the effect you you originally had. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where this guy's motivation was coming from. And so I didn't say that to him. I kept it civil with him just saying, hey, like, look, the hero, it, with every good evil story, there's a hero and there's a villain. This usually comes up. Literally every girlfriend Peter Parker ever had <laughs> is trafficked. Um, Lois Lane gets trafficked all the time. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Mm-hmm yeah absolutely so it was a weird argument to make and i think when you delve into this guy's subconscious it makes sense then but yeah i felt like i had to address that in this part of the pod i
0: would not have picked it up now we can watching go watching <laughs> <movie>, so
1: <laughs> now we can go back to having fun again uh chip and dale's rescue rangers great uh it almost had a very different villain oh The chipmunks uh, meet the villain in the movie after their old castmate, Monterey Jack, uh, owes money to this guy due to Jack's expensive addiction to super stinky cheese. (laughs) Poor Monterey Jack. (laughs) He fell in with a bad crowd. (laughs) Uh, uh, But originally... Originally, he they, there was going to be a different villain, uh, and it was maybe going to be the Coca-Cola bear? Oh, yeah. He was going to be the original bad guy, but they replaced him... Um uh, or Sweet Pete, uh, as it stands out. I don't know who Sweet Pete is. Is that the name of the bear? No, that is not the name of the bear. Oh, okay. Uh, Sweet Pete is Peter Pan, though. Yeah. Uh, and and that's also voiced by Will Arnett. So mm-hmm. Peter Pan, spoilers, is the villain. <laughs> and he's like, old Peter Pan? Uh, so that's interesting, too. But uh, the version uh, that they played around with that they didn't have the rights to. So you talked about copyright. Mm-hmm. So they toyed around with all these guys being the main villain, the Coca-Cola bear that end up being the villain. So Seth Rogen's like Beowulf guy, yeah, looking guy. He's sort of he was toyed around with with being the main villain. This is gonna blow you away. This I, I wish they could have made this happen with copyrights. He originally wanted a grown-up Charlie Brown. Oh, that would have been epic oh man that would have been so epic but yeah
0: you're not getting copyrights to chuck
1: no the the estate of charles m schultz uh did not did not give them permission to do that that would have been amazing
0: by the way the polar bears names jimmy the polar bear oh
1: yeah 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 yeah. jimmy the coca-cola polar bear that's just as i know him. yeah Okay, is there anything else you want to talk about in the movie itself before we get to the immense amount of Easter eggs in this movie? Just hit it okay uh, the castle during the Disney opening is made up of frozen Elsa's Castle, the Little mermaid Castle and Prince Eric's castle. So there's a change in like the Disney uh, opening yeah uh, the quote is uttered you're not Donald Duck, put some pants on please <laughs> <laughs> They make heavy reference to the Chippendale dancers <laughs> at they the did in the <laughs> intro. <laughs> which they do it in a way that's kid-friendly, so only adults kind of know what they're talking about. Mm. Uh, that's, that's funny. Uh, is it Chip or Dale? I always get them confused. One of them has a Knight Rider lunchbox in the flashback scene when yeah. they're at school, uh, which I thought was hilarious. The Knight Rider lunch box. Um, there's a classmate that they have who's clearly like from the Goofy movie. Mm-hmm. He's kind of in that style. The entire sequence where one of them is wearing MC Hammer pants <laughs>
0: and doing the dance. That would be Dale. <laughs>
1: Oh, you can't touch this, dude! And he, yeah, he's doing the dance like the slide that Hammer did in that video. Unbelievable! There's an actual clip of Full House, yeah, used. I'm telling you guys. This is a 90s dream. 90s dream. Do you want to say anything about any of these? I'm kind of ripping through these.
0: Um, Like
1: you just interject when the MC
0: Hammer dance happened, I was dying and my wife walked in like right as that was going down. And she's like, what are you watching?
1: (laughs) Of course, there's uh many references to the old Chippendale Rescue Rangers cartoon. Oh yeah. And and so many funny things that they play with that in the movie. The theme song of course is one of them uh the clips. The, I I love it when he goes through his VHS collection. I'm like <laughs> I relate to this. It is what appears to be his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, and that was, you know, we I talked about that in the lobby, about, yeah. like, having these old cartoons. If, boy, if you had a collection of them on VHS, that was a major score. Um, of course, I mentioned when Paula Abdul and MC Scat Cat show up. At that point, I was dead. I don't remember much else happening in the rest of the movie. No, I do. I'm kidding, obviously.
0: So, like, there's so much that happens in the movie that I forget about Paula.
1: She's I, literally there yeah. with MC <laughs> Scat. For those of you that don't understand what I'm talking about, Paula Abdul was a huge pop star for a few years. Just one of the biggest. Like, she was up there with Madonna, Janet Jackson, and, um, she, you know, Forever she was, forever, yeah. forever Your Girl, a Straight Up. Straight Up, now tell me, do you really want yeah, to? Yeah. She was huge. Well, Opposites she came, Attract. She came out with a song called Opposites Attract. It was a famous MTV music video because it featured uh, a man on the track named MC Scat Cat. That was his real name and he has a little rap in it. But in the video, he was a cartoon, a cartoon cat. <laughs> <laughs> and that cat appears in this movie, which is just bonkers. Just bonkers. Um they go to a convention. And by this time, oh the convention's oh, great. There's so much cosplaying and stuff going on, but appearing in some form in this convention, just a small list that I can rattle through. Super Mario, Charlie Brown, My Little Pony, Sailor Moon, Harley Quinn, Star Trek characters, Poe Dameron, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, Bro Thor, yeah, Sith Lords, Jedi, Dorothy, uh from wizard of oz leia uh kylo ren sonic the hedgehog dragon ball z characters ash ketchum what's really hilarious about this as two guys who've been to a comic convention recently a big one it's so right on it is like harley quinn is everywhere at comic conventions for some reason yes and bro thor surprisingly uh any dude with a pot belly was cosplaying as bro thor as they should um yeah so the co- the convention they go to is amazing. Blue? Yeah. From the Jungle Book. Speaks? He has lines? Or tailspin? <laughs> Depends on what. Yeah well yeah yeah but this yeah. is like the 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 movie version yeah they have like a real bear yeah who shows up from the recent so, uh remake
0: yeah thing. The i don't live, know what you call those kind of live action but not
1: live action that'd be a good way to see it sort of live action
0: um but my favorite thing at the convention is ugly sonic
1: <laughs> now this is genius okay <laughs> so ugly sonic has a booth at the convention so does lumiere by the way yes from beauty and the beast the candlestick guy uh but ugly sonic 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 has a booth and even brings up how like the internet totally lost its mind when they saw his human teeth that's a running joke in the movie as characters in the movie will like like they'll tone out what he's saying and just you get a close-up of his human teeth and they lose their they like space out on it it's uh, perfection perfection and he's a surprisingly kind of a big part of the movie yeah ugly sonic which yeah the first time i saw him i just again i felt like i was falling out of my chair i was laughing so much on some of this and my kids were like what is wrong with you it's because it's 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 ugly sonic from the anyways lumiere has his own booth this one this one's a deep cut tigra from the west coast avengers Tigra is a weird comic book character who's best known for being a member of the West Coast Avengers. She is literally... She's like a furry's dream. She's literally a woman who has fur and a tail and in the comic books mostly wore a swimsuit as her superhero suit it was a little uh, cringy looking back it's a lot cringy Uh, but the fact that she's a character she also appeared on some of the 90s animated avengers cartoons Mm -hmm. Um, she has a booth has lines and appears in the movie that the whole comic con scene there is just full of so much. And the people that have booths are perfect. Um, Paul Rudd's booth, <laughs> uh, he, he, aunt man.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I was here for that dialogue alone. Just the fact that he shows up as himself. Yeah. Like you have all these people in this movie, and he shows up as himself, as Paul Rudd, promoting Aunt Man. <laughs> Where
0: his superpowers are that he can sway anybody's aunt. Yeah. it's Woo them, uh, if you will.
1: <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks have a place as well in this movie uh, where they're kind of dissed. As they should be. Uh, Really? We're going to go with that? Are we going to go here?
0: Yeah. Are we about to fight? Because if we're talking rodent cartoon creatures, I will choose Chip and Dale over Alvin in Theodore and Simon.
1: I am not here for this Alvin and the Chipmunks slander. (laughs) You have touched a nerve, friend, and, and I challenge you to a duel. Alvin and the Chipmunks are far more iconic than Chip and Dale could ever hope to be. They had a Christmas album and that Christmas song, that one song still played on the radio today.
0: Um Chip and Dale are in Mickey's Christmas.
1: No, that's not even as close. You gotta you don't understand how big Alvin and the Chipmunks were in the 80s. Oh,
0: they were huge still in the early 90s. It no.
1: People had records. They had a record of that Christmas album. It was in people's record collections. People bought it. (laughs) People aren't buying anything Chip and Dale. Well, not, you know, the characters. You know what I'm saying? They didn't release songs. (laughs) two different artists there is there's an ongoing beef we'll just say that between uh chip and dale and alvin and the chipmunks um the polar bears a reference to coca-cola for sure yeah flounder from little mermaid shows up (laughs) He's, he's in there as well. I recognized him immediately. I was like, oh, it's the, the big fish guy. Yeah. Uh, Putty, who, uh, voiced by J.K. Simmons, is it almost steals the movie. And so.
0: At, Gumby-esque. Yeah. At the end of the movie, uh, one of the other main characters is like, you Gumby rip off.
1: Well, I wondered if maybe he was, maybe that was one of the things they didn't get the rights for. Because I wonder if he was supposed to be Gumby. Oh, that would have been great. Because they're making all sorts of Gumby jokes with him the whole time. Yes. Oh, I just hit the microphone. Where things keep getting stuck on the back of his head. Oh,
0: <laughs> Gumby
1: would have been great. Yeah, it would have been. But Putty is still wonderful. Yes. Uh, Donut and Eclair police officers from Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Forgot about max the dog from little mermaid shows up the bread salesman from beauty and the beast deep cut that's a deep cut yeah deep cut um bob is a reference to the animation style of video games in the 2000s where they look normal remember there's a whole scene with seth rogan yeah. he's not he can't look at them <laughs> <laughs> he's not making direct eye contact. <laughs> uh well do you remember playing video games like that oh yeah i do the, the the irony of seeing that character voiced by Seth Rogen and them talking about that and being like when we we reacted to those games as such as this is amazing look at the graphics <laughs> unprecedented realism and now in this context you 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 watch it and you 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 think oh yeah it was kind of it Man. wasn't as good as we remember we've come a long ways <laughs> yeah. um shrek shrek makes an appearance in the background
0: again there was so much happening i missed it
1: uh scrooge mcduck which oh love scrooge mcduck i literally yelped in joy when he appears it's just like a quick little montage thing yeah but you see him diving into his gold
0: and (laughs) voiced by dr who
1: legend david Tennant. uh yes for real yeah wow uh i was really hoping to see more ducktales representation ducktales would have been show, great but we didn't get it no launchpad mcquack
0: oh and going back to the the lobby segment one of their songs in scott pilgrim versus the world is called launchpad mcquack
1: rapunzel doll with growing hair
0: yep i saw that one caught it
1: peppa pig gets mentioned as someone who's gone missing yes <laughs> someone, someone who's been trafficked uh uh nickelodeon jr nick jr yeah, studios
0: that they break down the doors to nick jr
1: <laughs> my kids go crazy at the mention of paw patrol in the movie yeah <laughs> Um, I can't remember exactly how it's brought up. Maybe.
0: Well, it's when they break down the doors to Nick Studios trying to locate Peppa Pig and then Paw Patrol starts attacking. Yeah. Them. Oh, yeah.
1: So it's brought up in like as in a memory where the Paw Patrol attacked the humans. Yes. So the cops are talking about it. And it was like a bad deal,
0: apparently. It was the the blemish on Ellie's record that she couldn't live down.
1: <laughs> um, Pogs? which were a big deal in the 90s pogs the little cardboard yeah coins i guess for lack of a better word but uh that's dale, tokens yeah dale is it, there's it has a big part in the story an emotional part in the story for dale uh oprah is mentioned lots of new york references when dale's undercover yankees hot dogs bagels pizza broadway jungle book animals in the pool at the spa mhm th- th- which looks like a, an amazing thing um the bootlegging facility where <laughs> okay so the conceit of this movie is they're tricking all these tunes to come work for them i guess or to make these really bad straight to video movies yeah and these like knockoff movies and then they're like they're bootlegging them which essentially they're kidnapping cartoons and then breaking them down for parts and then changing what's left right yeah so um garfield (laughs) is referring as maybe one of the tunes that has been bootlegged Um, sideshow Bob from the Simpsons yeah like there's all these parts you see in there they're like little clues flounder which is the again the fish from Little Mermaid Tweedledee and Tweedledum Pink Panther there's a reference to the Pink Panther in there Snoopy's ear yeah (laughs) which is weirdly attached to Chip poor Chip yeah he gets Snoopy's ear butthead from Beavis and Butthead (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man i mean there's really so much in here um the second convention is the one that had paul rudd the aunt man yes my little Pony's pickle rick
0: from rick and morty
1: uh lot the lost boys from peter pan because remember they asked yeah. the the now old peter, peter is that you <laughs> is that really you what happened? He-Man and Skeletor have a hilarious sequence.
0: Oh, I'm here for any time you get Skeletor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Skele- like there's a Twitter, uh any well there's a Cobra Commander and a Skeletor social media presence that if you follow either one of them they're per- pretty hilarious.
0: Um for He-Man, I wanted them to do the uh video of him singing uh What's Going On.
1: I have no idea what that is.
0: Like the Four Non Blondes song. Uh
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wanted He-Man to just start busting out in that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen.
1: Uh, Pee-wee Herman. There's a reference to Pee-wee Indiana Jones. Indy. Obviously, there's a lot of references to well, him. Of
0: course, Chip and Dale do reference indie quite a bit in the series so. well the,
1: you know their original design in the tv show one of them is very clearly Weird. reminiscent of indiana jones the other one's very clearly reminiscent of magnum pi <laughs> mm-hmm. which is amazing in and of itself voltron uh yeah. makes an appearance bell from beauty, beauty and, and the beast. beast george jetson doc mcstuffins <laughs> i missed the doc McStuffins uh, reference but she shows up in the background my kids did not miss her <laughs> doc McStuffins. uh my kids were really into that um there's so much the birds circling the head when you're hit that kind of classic yeah cartoon reference um jimmy gets turned into the blue fairy from cinderella the new peter pan after he gets falls into the bootlegging machine he he's partially made up of Yzma, which is a character from that I, I don't remember. Something newer. Transformer leg. He has a transformer leg. He has a Woody leg, <laughs> like from Toy Story. He has his own body, Peter Pan's body, but Wreck-It Ralph's arm and Bootleg Bullet Bill's other arm. Bullet Bill. So he's an amalgam of all these old characters. Uh, there, the Bootleg Winnie the Pooh <laughs> movie. Pooge the fat honey bear. <laughs> And now, like, you know, it's in the public domain. I need to see that movie. I'd ra- I think I'd rather see Pooge the Fat Honey Bear than Poo, Blood, and Honey. Yeah. Which we referenced last week on last week's pod. Uh, there was a bootleg Simpsons, a bootleg Aladdin, where Pete, older Pete, uh, is Aladdin. Um, there's a, an amazing Jurassic Park reference. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, he's roaring and the sign drops. Dumbo, the Care Bears, Woody Woodpecker, Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. I mean, literally, when I tell you there is tons and tons of references. There just is so many Easter eggs that I think you'd, you'd have to, I mean, you'd really have to frame by frame it a lot of times. Because especially in those comic conventions, yeah. in the background, there's so much. Um, it's just a great movie.
0: Um, even during the scenes where, um, is it, uh, Chip goes to the office, like his work environment has. Oh,
1: yeah. He's like an insurance salesman. Yeah.
0: <laughs> has some references because there's the bull that's in like all those like older cartoons yeah um, the frog is kind of funny and I didn't know if that was supposed to be from a cartoon series or if that was like an Anheuser-Busch frog I missed those frogs
1: I'd say if you're between the ages of 30 and 45 this just movie is going to really hit you and some feels in, the, in your wheelhouse mm-hmm. where you're just going to really enjoy this movie kind of aside from what's going on in the actual movie movie so what's going on the actual movie was my kids enjoyed it and there was enough funny parts that they got it but for me i had this like whole other layer of enjoyment from it that i just wasn't expecting oh yeah just took me totally by surprise and i think there's a special place in your heart you know i explained a few weeks ago of why basketball has a special place in my heart because we went and saw it on a whim at the dollar theater pretty much was expecting that it was going to be trash and sometimes when you go in with no expectations and you laugh a little bit it leaves a good memory in your head and i think that's what this movie did on a macro level for me was i just i would have never watched this movie never had i not heard some a little about it yeah we were jason giesman actually is the one who says you have to watch this movie he messaged us messaged us that night and yeah. i watched it with my kids and he said you guys have to watch this movie it's amazing it's it's the real multiverse of madness <laughs>
0: So literally right after he messaged and then you watched it and you both were like really pumped up about it. I'm like, don't get my hopes up too high.
1: <laughs> He's playing Hawkeye. He's Ronin. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't get don't. my hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> um, You should check it out. If you haven't already, it's good stuff. Is there anything else you want to say about it? We didn't want to do like a full review breakdown of it, uh, but we thought we'd go through the Easter egg stuff.
0: Oh, there's just so many funny scenes that, Oh, it it just, yeah. All the feels of the nineties.
1: I can't imagine if you were like a, a loyal watcher of chip and Dale's rescue Rangers, the cartoon series. I mean, this would just be the ultimate.
0: So they throw out information from like a couple episodes in this Mm -hmm. one the episodes i do remember
1: (laughs) yeah the cop the young cop that helps them yeah is a former fan
0: and so i'm like oh i remember this episode (laughs) where like if you were a huge fan i think you would remember every chippendale reference that's happening in it and Mm -hmm. so oh there's just so much great stuff just
1: great it's a really really smart movie it's smart and um i wish they would do i wish hollywood do more movies like this it's meta in a lot of ways um it's just really really good and i think one thing they've done in the past man i don't know five to ten years i would say is they've really figured out how they can bring back old properties in an engaging and entertaining way so think of things like cobra kai they bring back cop crime Kid but it's kind of meta right They bring it back sort of funny And they bring it back with this sort of internet sensibility where you know there's these viral videos and uh characters on tv shows like barney stinson in how i met your mother reference the fact that uh johnny lawrence is actually the good guy of crowdy kid and so they they bring back these old properties with this 21st century mentality and sensibility that's really smart i'm going
0: to blow your mind okay before we leave and your mind will literally be blown oh boy baloo is voiced by Christian music artist Stephen Curtis Chapman.
1: No, in the in Chippendale.
0: Stephen Curtis <laughs> Chapman. Nuh-uh. makes his debut. What? Voice acting Baloo.
1: That is bonkers. Wait a minute. I need. I need to find this. I need to. I, I need to see this with my own eyes. What? Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> That's
0: bonkers. Did he just move up my Christian music artist
1: list? I don't know. How did that happen? Is he like buddies with Seth Rogen? (laughs) How How did that work? I don't know that did blow my mind you were right that blew my mind that blew my mind that is still blowing my mind it is still in the process my mind is in the process of being blown oh and he
0: had made a twitter post of him right next to a freeze frame of him voicing baloo that's amazing Evidently, I I should have been
1: following Stephen Kirsch Chapman. We need to get him on the radio show. Uh, If you don't know, Cody and I—we've been putting parts of it out on the pod as little in-between episodes. But we have a radio show on a Christian FM station, and that would be an amazing because Stephen Kirsch Chapman is a recording Christian recording artist, yes, of some popularity Um, in the last twenty years. And he just randomly shows up as a character in Chippendales Rescue Rangers. That's bonkers. I would have if I didn't, if I wasn't looking at it with my own eyes. I'd say. Why are you lying? Why are you trying to make me believe this? That can't possibly be true. On on top of a movie that's
0: already mind-blowing as it is, you throw in this nugget, and I'm like,
1: give it all the awards now. I'm going to be thinking about how Stephen Curtis Chapman is in Chippendales Rescue Rangers for a long, long time. A long, long time. We better end the show now because yeah, I'm I'm now good for nothing because my brain is just working in overdrive. Hey everybody, uh, tell us what we missed. If there was something about Chippendales Rescue Rangers, the new movie on Disney Plus, if you enjoyed about it or something, some Easter egg we missed that gave you a good laugh, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below the. uh, You know, when we post this pod to social media, Uh, we love to discuss things with you there. And uh, yeah, if you can make sure and subscribe to the pod, if you haven't already rate and review us, that is a huge help uh, to podcasts for their visibility. Some people, if we come up on a search, might click on us. And if they see the first thing they're going to look at is the ratings and the reviews Mm. at least that's what i do i assume lots of people do that
0: i think you're operating under a good assumption
1: yeah so that helps us out rate and review us subscribe and um stay tuned for the next uh next pod thank you so much guys yeah see you then we'll see you then